Hey, Open Arms, so great to be with you today as we kick off our vision series, Hope for the Future. You know, recently in the news, in the media, in our conversations, uh, in our community, everyone is talking about how things are getting worse. The world is falling apart. You know, we're being hit from, from every side and every way that it's coming at us and there's nothing we can do about it. And I believe today that there is something we can do about it. In fact, I believe that we have someone who has done and will do something about it. And his name is Jesus. Jesus is our hope. And with him, our future is bright. We have a hopeful future. And I believe today my encouragement is to you that the best is still to come for you and your home and your family and your children and your workplace and your community and your future. That you will know that your hope and your future is found in Jesus. And here's the truth. Will we face hard and difficult times? Yes. 100%. And going through hard times without hope is hopeless. But going through hard times with hope, with Jesus, gives us confidence. It gives us peace. It gives us comfort knowing that the Lord is my strength. He is my provider. So whom then shall I fear? It gives us this hope that wells up within us and carries us forward into our future. Not only that, but my message to you today is that Jesus has saved you, cleansed you, called you, and empowered you to be hope for the future. For the future of your children the future of your home, the future of your family, to be hope for your workplace and your colleagues and your friends and your community that he's called us to be hope for the future. And you know what else? He's called you to be hope in this church together that we are the hope for the world. We are hope for the future. That Jesus has not only given us hope, but he's called us to be hope for those around us. You know, during these, these times where we're experiencing darkness, Jesus has called us to be light, to shine bright. During these times of negativity and cynicism, he's called us to be a voice of hope, to speak up and to speak life. During these times of, of pain and suffering, he's given us a hope that perseveres and shows others the way to follow Jesus and leads them along with us. I really believe that we have a hope for the future. This vision series is leading towards our Vision Sunday that's happening on the 9th of October. We've got one of these leaflets on each of your seats. Love for you to take that home. Just put it up in your fridge, remind you of it. I'm really asking, you know, if nothing else, for all of you to be there Sunday morning, 9th of October. We've got a special creative service planned and, and a message that I have that is really sharing the vision of open arms and where we're going as a church. The vision that God has given me for our church, for us in going forward. And I really want to encourage you, bring your family, bring your loved ones, because I believe that this is going to help lift your head and stir your heart. It's going to lift your head and stir your heart to see and to hear all that the Lord wants you to accomplish here on this earth. And then we're going to be coming together on the 23rd of October. It's going to be vision offering. A time and a Sunday where we're coming to make a commitment to sow into the future. To sow into our church. To build a great church for a great future. To be the hope and to sow into this. To see this vision become a reality. So what is our vision 
in one sentence, even before waiting until we get to Vision Sunday. What's our vision? Our vision is this. Our vision is to build a life-giving church that reaches the nation of Ireland. Our vision, why we exist, our purpose is to build a life-giving church that reaches the nation of Ireland. Our heart is to make an impact in this country for the next hundred years. That, that we would make an impact today. That we would see our children and our children's children and our children's children's children experience what we have sown today, they will experience in their tomorrow. That we would change the spiritual trajectory of our nation that it will lead towards Jesus. That we will sow, serve, and sacrifice today that they'll have a greater hope tomorrow. And our mission, what we want to see happen, is we want to see people experience life change through Jesus Christ. We want to see people experience life change through Jesus Christ. Open arms is life-giving. And life-changing. And so today I want to share with you, if you've got your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn with me to Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. If you've got your phones, I'd love for you to read with me. We're going to be reading through the NIV version and we're going to move on to the Living Bible Translation. This is a, a scripture that at least one of the verses you may have heard before. And I really want to deep dive into this and see how we can learn today and really grasp from this. So beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So I want to now read these scriptures in the Living Bible. Listen to how this translation translates these words. Beginning verse 1. So now we've, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith in His promises, we can have real peace with Him because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. For because of our faith, he has brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward. We look into the future to actually becoming all that God has had in mind for us to be. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they are good for us. They help us learn to be patient. Interesting, we've got patience and perseverance. Perseverance is defined as enduring patience. Enduring patiently. Verse 4, And patience develops strength of character in us and helps us trust God more each time we use it until finally our hope and faith are strong and steady. Then when that happens, we're able to hold our heads high no matter what happens. No matter what happens. No matter what we face, no matter what we go through, no matter what collapses and where the world becomes worse, no matter what happens, and know that all is well. For we know how dearly God loves us and we feel this warm love everywhere within us because God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. I want to speak to you on the title today, A Hope That Perseveres. A hope that perseveres no matter what happens. 
No matter what happens, my prayer is that God will give you a hope that perseveres, that never gives up, that endures patiently, that he will give you a resilience and a determination and a commitment and a faithfulness and a resilience that says, I will never give up. Just like the three men in the burning furnace, when they faced the Nebuchadnezzar to bow down before him, they were facing imminent death. What did they say? They said this, I believe, we believe that the Lord will rescue us, but even if he doesn't, we will still worship, we will still serve, and we will still follow our God. And I want to say to you that our faithfulness and our hope for the future should say this, that we will endure, that we will suffer, and we may even lose, but we will never lose hope. We'll never lose hope. We'll have a hope that perseveres and a hope that keeps going, a hope that never gives up. You know, tomorrow, it's really interesting. Tomorrow is the 12th of September. 12th of September marks to the day, the 12th of March, 2020, exactly two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. I'll never forget that day. 12th of March. The day I had to turn on my radio as I got a text from our team here at church. It's a T-shock Made a presentation and an announcement from Washington, D.C. as he was there getting ready for the Paddy's Day Parade, which never happened. He made this announcement, all schools, all colleges, all indoor gatherings are to be closed from this day forward. That we are to, at possible, stay away from others, stay home, work from home. And it was the beginning of something new. I remember that time where we're frantically talking with our team. We had to make the decision for the very first time ever to cancel church and to go online. And what's really interesting, after we made that decision, what did we do? Like everyone else, we ran to the shops. <laughs> we ran to the shops quickly because we got to stock up. We got to store up. I can remember going directly to the shop in the shopping center. The place was mobbed. There were people everywhere. I don't know if you can remember. I don't know if you can remember the, the scary sight of those, those empty shopping aisles. Because everyone's just taking as much as they can, fearful of what was going to happen next. Can you remember that all of the toilet roll, the toilet roll crisis, all of us were, were buying toilet roll. I don't know why this respiratory illness that affects our respiratory illness and system, everyone's buying toilet paper. And look what's interesting about this image. What are they? They're all men. For some reason, when men go shopping, what to get the biggest thing they can find and throw it into the trolley. And we all, for the first time, had to discover using masks. And even some people were using what they could to just protect themselves from other people. And everyone was, was trying to work out Zoom for the first time. You know, the builders even, you know, they weren't able to go to work. They're trying to work out how to do all this They're through commuting, not commuting and using the computers and parents were having to do whatever they could just to work from home and get some silence from the kids. We were all getting home haircuts. You know, I'm sure my kids have scars <laughs> in their mind and their hearts from remembering the haircuts that we used to give them. And every pastor around the country and around the world was trying to figure out how to do online church, how to keep their church going. And then, of course, after the COVID lockdown, we all had to recover from the COVID pounds that we'd all put on and recover from all the weight that we now had to lose. You know, that was an incredibly difficult time that all of us went through all at one time. And for many, it was just the beginning. We've all suffered, each and every one of us, but many have suffered more than others. And it's had a massive impact mentally, emotionally, physically, 
financially, relationally. But we've all gone through this and we've all gone through it together. For many of us, it's caused us to become today more burnt out easier than before with less stamina because we've suffered loss, pain, grief, anxiety, fear, some depression. It's caused us and to pick up some bad habits that we didn't have otherwise. We, it's caused us to become more inconsistent, to become uh, complacent, unstable at times, to, to really struggle being more, more tired and less kind and struggling with that work-life balance. We've seen not only has it changed, we've gone through COVID, but our culture has changed. In fact, it has dramatically changed. Many believing that our society has lost any sense of moral compass that we used to have or once had. Where our children today are facing challenges that we had never had to comprehend. We're seeing where gender ideology and redefining gender has become the norm. Where we're seeing these leftist leaning beliefs and the, uh, philosophies and are being pushed in our education, being pushed in the media and, and removing any sense of free speech and, and causing you to not be able to stand out from the status quo. We're seeing our young people. Our young people are, are encouraged to be sexually fluid. Our young people from an early age are being forced to not only comprehend and go through and process their own sexuality but the sexuality of everyone else and they're forced to do this at even a young age as young as infants in our educational years we're seeing the world has changed culture has changed we're seeing that we're facing a a european war war that could escalate at any moment it could, could become a global war it could become a nuclear war we could see that as it already has had a massive impact on our fuel and our energy costs that have risen 50% in one year. We've seen that inflation has increased over 10% and it's constantly rising. We're seeing that it's affecting us economically and financially. We're seeing a potential food shortage coming our way. Fuel rationings about to come on us. We're seeing what may become one of the most darkest and most expensive winters than we've gone through in decades. So it doesn't sound like a great future, does it? When I put it all out like that, you're like, Sean, it doesn't sound so hopeful. It doesn't sound so good. And yet it's true. It's reality. It's what we're facing. It's what before us. So what do we do? How do we respond? How do we prepare for this future? How do we respond with hopefulness and confidence and faithfulness? How do we get ready? Well, I want to share with you today through this scripture, through this word, three choices, decisions that we can make today. Three choices and decisions that we can make that will help us to focus on and to respond with a hope that perseveres. Here's the very first choice that we need to make. We need to choose in advance what your attitude will be. Choose in advance what your attitude will be. Here's one thing that's certain. You will face adversity. Life is tough. It is difficult. Just when we got over one trial, another one is coming. And with each adversity, it will knock you from a different angle in a different area with a greater force than it did before. You know, we're, there's times when our experience and our history will help us, you know, be able to learn from that to get through the next thing. But in essence, and to be honest, 
It's not about age, maturity, experience, or history, but it's only our attitude that would help us get through the adversity. If I was really cheesy, I'd say it's your attitude that determines your altitude. It's your attitude that determines where you're going and how you're going to get there and how high you will go. But it's true. It's true. The one thing I've learned in my own life, especially myself and Jillian in our 15 years of marriage, all of the suffering, the pain, the betrayal, the loss and the disappointment, the hurt, the only thing that has caused us to be resilient and to persevere is to have a hopeful attitude. A hopeful attitude. Romans 5 verse 2 and 3 says this, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Hallelujah. We get this. Praise the Lord. We will boast in the glory of God. But listen to what Paul, the writer, he says next. He says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. What does that look like? We glory in our sufferings. We choose a hopeful attitude that gives God glory even while we suffer. You see, the greatest praise and worship that you can give to God is not on the mountaintop when everything is good and we are great and life is good, but it's when we're at the end of ourselves. It's when we're suffering. It's when we're in pain. It's when we can't go any further. We can't do any more. And it's in that place when we worship and give God glory. It's in our suffering that we experience God do a great thing. Why? why? Why does God work this way? Well, Romans 5 verse 3 says this. Because we know. We know what? We know that when we worship and give God glory in my suffering, when I allow God to redeem my suffering, when I allow God to use this for his glory, when I choose to endure patiently, waiting for him to turn this together for his good, the suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character, hope. You see, choosing an attitude of joy, determination, faithfulness, hopefulness, and persistence will build great character in you and establish a strong foundation that the Lord can build upon. That the Lord can build upon. Here's a second choice we need to make. Choose to be a victor and not a victim. Choose to be a victor and not a victim. Now, I want to qualify myself. It's not... It's not for you to walk around saying, I'm a victor. Everything's going to be great in denial of reality. Nor is it to say that, you know, in spite of what has gone on to us and what we've experienced, that we're to, to numb ourselves and push everything down as if we're not a victim. There are times we are. But this victim mentality and this victim perspective can be incredibly detrimental to our mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Why? Because we've given up even before we tried. Because we've succumbed to reality without believing in the impossible God. Because we've chosen to lay down and to take it rather than to rely on our God who will fight for us. To stand up and to stand with courage and boldness knowing that I'm going to hold on to see the Lord provide for me miraculous and make a way. Listen to verse 2 in the Living Bible. Because of our faith, not our feelings... Not our circumstances, not what the news says, not what I face in reality all around me, but our faith, he's brought us into the place of highest privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward. We look to the future with hope. 
becoming all that God has had in mind for us to be. I choose to place my faith in Jesus, my joy in Jesus, my peace in Jesus, my hope in Jesus, standing confidently, joyfully, hopefully knowing that I'm becoming who he has called me to be. How can our faith help us in the battles that we face? Well, 1 John 5, 4 says, for everyone who's being born of God, born of God, overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith for our future. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4 says, For the Lord God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. 1 Corinthians 15 57 says, But thanks be to God, he who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We receive victory for he is victorious. Now, I don't want you to think I'm downplaying life's difficulties. That, you know, we have to be the denial of what's going on around us. No. In light of what's going on around us, We do not ignore reality and what's happening, but instead we don't allow ourselves to be overcome by what we're experiencing because it can be so easy to slip in to this victim mindset. You know, just recently, I've been very honest, I I slipped into a loop and a mindset of victim mentality where I, I, I had things and thoughts where I allowed this rhetoric and narrative to go along in my head like, Things are always going to be this way. Life is difficult. It's always going to be difficult. What's the point? It always happens to me. Something never changes. You know, it's always going to be this way. And and just get in victim and get in in, in myself and get down. You ever experienced that? Where you allow that narrative, that mindset in your head that just play in a loop and it just keeps you feeling like life is inflicting all my pain all my problems, and I'm suffering, and it will never end. The only thing that I've found to get me out of this place, and in fact, this is something I've recently gone through, recently experienced, that the thing that helps me just to lift my head higher is to be able to look around and see that all that God has blessed me with. And the gratefulness and thankfulness wells up within me. Hope wells up within me, and I'm just thankful. Thank you, God, for my health. I'm thankful for my home for my marriage, for my children, for my family. I'm thankful for what I get to do, this vocation. I'm thankful that you've blessed me. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for my church. I'm thankful for, more importantly, I'm thankful for your presence, that you are with me. And, and I go back to, and I want to encourage you, go back to my faith, what I believe to be true. Not my feelings, not my circumstances, or what I face, but what I believe to be true. And in that, I know that suffering, and what I'm going through, produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. Romans 8, Paul said it like this, verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The Apostle James said it like this, James 1, 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may become mature and complete, not lacking anything. Things may be tough right now. The end may not be yet in sight. Things may even get worse, but I have a hope that perseveres and believes that the best is yet to come. What he's doing in me has not yet come to completion. It's not yet mature, but what he's building in me is greater than what's going on around me. Choose to be a victor and not a victim. And here's the third and final point. Choose to reflect and then respond. 
Choose to reflect and then respond. This means making a decision where I won't go about my life reacting to every situation. Opening my mouth and reacting with the comment that cuts down someone else. Opening my mouth and reacting to the hardships and the difficulties that I face. But instead, I recognize what's going on within me and going on with, around me. And I reflect with the Lord and then I choose to respond. Romans 5 verse 2 and 3 again in the Living Bible says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they are good for us. Ah, gee, this guy. I, I, I say these words and I'm not yet feeling them. I don't know about you. But they are good for us. They help us learn to be patient. What does this tell us, this scripture? How does it tell us to respond? Rejoice. The NIV says it like this. Glory in your sufferings. Glory in your sufferings. And there's been so many times recently I've been overwhelmed and I've reacted and I thought, stuff this. I'm done. I'm giving up. I'm finished. I'm, it's, there's no point. I'm finished. I'm done. And, and I, I react verbally. I react vocally. But, but then something in me comes back and I, I believe it's that wisdom. It's that knowledge of God's truth and his word. And I come back and I come back to the Lord and I learn this. That, that rather than reacting by making a decision and a drastic decision in this place, I come to reflect with the Lord. Spend time with him. I moan, I complain, I give out for me. I enter into his presence. I enter into worship. And, and I love to write. So, so I, I grab a journal and I just write out how I'm feeling. You may do this just verbally, vocally, out loud, wherever you are, and just give out and come to a place where you pause and you listen to his response. I love writing down his response. What I sense in my spirit that God is saying according to his word, that which is good, I write down and I reflect and then I choose my response to be his response to me. And then this is the most crucial part that I need, believe that we need to do as believers. I then speak to my spirit. I speak to my spirit and I say these words, this is hard. I am struggling. I am overwhelmed. But I am not overcome. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And he will fight for me. He will give me the strength. He will give me the confidence. He will give me the courage to fight another day. This will not break me, but it will make me. It will produce perseverance. It will build character. And I will find my hope and my faith in Jesus Christ. And I believe I will have hope for my future, my family's future, my children's future, my nation's future, and the world's future itself even in spite of the darkness i choose to focus on the light romans 5 verse 5 says then what happens in this place we are able to hold our heads high no matter what happens i hope that perseveres no matter what happens and no all is well it's going to be okay all is well it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. We're going to make it through. We're going to get through it. We've been through darker days. We've been through worse days, hard days. Those of us who come, our heritage in this country, we have a history. 
A history of a nation that fights in the face of battles and darkness. Many of you have come from other nations. You've come with history. You've come from nations where you, when you're at that place where you've got to fight and scrap, you will. You have a hope that perseveres. We know how dearly God loves us. What's more important than me persevering is rather relying on the one who perseveres for me, fights for me. We feel this warm love everywhere within us because God gives us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. You have hope for the future. You've already got it. You have a hope that perseveres. And you have the Holy Spirit that fills your heart with his love. Who will lead you? Who will guide you? Who will protect you? And who will provide for you? Every step and every single day of your life for the rest of your life. Hey, will you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I want to pray for you. Lord, right now in this place, let us have a faith that says, no matter what happens, I hope for the future. I hope for today, and I hope that will carry into my tomorrow. I'm going to hold my head high because I stand in the highest privilege that's found through my faith in Jesus and what he's done for me. Holy Spirit, right now, fill our hearts with love. Fill us with your presence and give us what we need today. Those of you with your head bowed and your eyes closed, you need to give your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never given your life to him. You've never confessed of your sin, repented, turned towards Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity today to find salvation in Jesus Christ. I would love for you just to pray these words with me in your heart, under your breath, and say, Jesus, I give you my life. I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I choose today to follow you. I believe that I am forgiven, that I am set free, and I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen.